Retrofeed is a Horizon 2020 project that aims at enabling the use of an increasingly variable, bio-based and circular feedstock in process industries. To achieve that, the project will retrofit core equipment and implement an advanced monitoring and control system. Luca Ferrari is a senior energy consultant and responsible for the development of the digital tool of the retrofit that will support the industrial users. He is also my guest for this episode, and together we are going to discuss the project's objectives and innovations. Welcome to the EU Project Zone, a podcast series from Enlit and Friends, focusing on the energy transition and the EU Commission-funded projects that will help us achieve it. My name is Areti Daradimu, and I am the host of the EU Project Zone. Hi, Luca, and thank you very much for uh, being here with me today. Thank you, Areti, for uh, having me. It is a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure for us too. Would you please describe in a few words the Retrofit project? So Retrofeed is a project that, that was uh, financed on the Horizon 2020. And uh, the idea is uh, to reduce emission and uh, increase the energy efficiency of industrial processes. So the Retrofeed world comes from the retrofitting of industrial application. So what we are trying to do is to create technologies and innovation that could uh, uh, reuse materials in a different way, creating some circular economy and some synergies between different processes, and at the same time trying to lower the impact on the environment of such processes and create innovation paving the way for future application also on a digital level, because we think it's important now to start monitoring emission and energy efficiency on these industrial processes. Uh, to be honest, Retrofit is one of the, the most interesting and peculiar projects that I have uh, come across. Which, uh, which needs of the EU energy sector is it covering and how will it help the EU in its long-term decarbonization goals? Because I think that this is one of the goals of the project. Yeah, exactly. So the idea of the EU in the future is to decarbonize. They want to create an economy that is uh, carbon neutral. And uh, one of the main sectors that's uh, emitting CO2 and other type of pollutants is this industrial sector. So we know heavy intensive industries like steel, cement, uh, ceramics, uh, the agrochemical and aluminum are very energy intensive. And in the past, uh, uh, higher level of production, uh, they, were, they were correlated with higher emission. So the idea here is to try to change that trend using different type of material that are less impactful on the environment. So I'm thinking about steel that still relies a lot of coal. We want to use other type of uh, feedstocks material that are bio-based or that come from already wasted material. So plastics, woods, other type of material that could impact the environment way less than what it is right now. And we are also uh, try to develop technologies that think and simulate the process also for newer application in the future. Try to think a little bit outside the box and evaluate solution that could uh, help uh, the EU as a whole reduce the, the energy uh, usage, which is even more important in recent times. So the project started even before COVID and before the current war in Ukraine. So I think it's even more important now to uh, reduce the the use of energy and optimize the use of energy in uh, in the industrial sector. 
You mentioned uh, um, thinking outside the box, and I would say that Retrofit is a project entirely outside the box. Uh, so who is involved in this uh, project? Because it touches upon so many uh, sectors, let's say. Yeah, it's uh, quite a large project and we can, uh, in, within the consortium, we have three different type of partners. So we have the industrials with six uh, different uh, demo cases. So we have two steel plants, uh, uh, one ceramic factory, uh, cement, uh, cement uh, company, and an agrochemical one, and an aluminum uh, company, all very energy intensive industries. Uh, then for each industrial case, we have a research center that are helping in the innovation part. So we have uh, uh, CSA, uh, IN, uh, in, uh, all across Europe, very specialized in the industrial sector, and then connected to the industries and the researchers. We have uh, companies uh, like mine, where we are actually developing the solution that were designed during the project. So the digital twins, the decision support system, the hardware, the new sensors, the new injector that are actually installed now in the, in the industrial side. So we have these three different type of uh, users and partners uh, in, the, in the consortium. And what about the target audience? Is it DSOs, TSOs, consumers, all the above, none of the above? So we are, our main target are the industrials and how the industrials are actually inside within the market, the energy market. So not only the electricity market, the gas market, how to, these industries are uh, working within the ecosystem. So I'm thinking about companies that are trying to reduce the their cost for the ETS, the emission trading system, the cost of CO2. They want to reduce that. I'm thinking about companies they want to rely less on natural gas because of the disruption that happened last year. So some of the company we had some issue because they had to shut down their factory because of the higher cost of natural gas. So they want to get out of uh, some uh, increase the 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 type of energy and the energy vector they're using within their process. So our main target are the industrials, but also all the other uh, technology company that are working within the industrial sector. So sometimes we are we, we were also contacted by company, for instance, that support TSOs because a big steel plant is a huge uh, user for the transmission uh, system. So, and uh, reducing and creating flexibility options sometimes uh, leveraging upon the, the asset within the industrial side can also help the TSO in, uh, even in the future, it will be even more important to create flexibility option. Uh, these are some of the things that were uh, uh, thought during the, the process. Now, this is a quite in, innovative uh, project, as you also mentioned uh, earlier. Which would you say is the main innovation, be that uh, technological or, uh, I don't know, in re regulatory, whatever, uh, that Retrofit is bringing? What is, what is, let's say, the new thing that Retrofit is bringing into the conversation? So basically, we have two type of uh, innovation that I'm thinking about right now, and that could be very useful for uh, also for the market in the future. The first one is about new type of hardware and sensors that we installed in some of the processes. So for instance, new injector that could burn multi-fuel, also uh, liquid and uh, solid type of fuels that could be used, like depending on the availability of feedstock, 
you can change the type of fuel used within the process. And on the other hand, what I'm thinking about is like digital innovation. So what we try to do is, uh, we all know that in the past five, 10 years, there were a, a lot of talk about digital twins and the development of digital twins using machine learning and AI. What we try to do is to develop an approach where digital uh, development of, around the digital twin, so surrounding the digital twin, we develop also what we call value chain models. So some models and uh, algorithms that could optimize the solution, the input parameters to the digital twin. The digital twin could be used as a simulation of the main process. And in this case, we want the, the application and the platform that we build to be used uh, at an operational level. So sometimes uh, doing experiment directly on site, it's very costly. So what we want to do is maybe an operator wants to try different type of production plants and see how it goes before trying for real in, uh, in the production uh, site. So what we build is a simulation tool with some optimization capabilities on top of it to mm -hmm. simulate beforehand the, the process. So those are some of the innovation that we try to build within the project. Yeah, you you mentioned also cost, however, and I would assume that this is one of the issues that uh, Retrofit faced, and not only Retrofit, most projects, I would say. Another one, since you mentioned that uh, Retrofit started before the pandemic, would be the pandemic. Can you mention other issues that the project uh, uh, faced in its uh, long duration? Yeah, so as you as you said, uh, the COVID impacted quite a lot the the project because we had to, the the idea the initial idea was to travel a lot to the demo sites and see the process and start working on the application of the solution. We couldn't do it, so we had to rely completely on the first two years of the project on remote uh, meetings. So that was a very big impact because sometimes there were some uh, misunderstanding in how the process was working because I'm not an expert of every type of uh, industrial sector. And uh, this was the main, the first one. The second one was the energy crisis. Uh, last year, as I said before, natural gas prices and electricity prices went up uh, like 10 times even more. And some factory were like actually shut down to avoid the cost. So even in that case, we, we were the digital partner developing the application. So we couldn't actually have data to develop the models because the, the factory was uh, was off. The the other another issue different was the different level of technological readiness of, uh, of the different partners and the different sectors. So some partners were really really advanced in their. I'm thinking about the digital stack. They already have a very mature level one, level two, and maybe level three technological application inside the factory. While other companies they they were at the beginning of their digital journey. So they were just starting to collect data and they were actually surprised about the amount of insight that you can have just collecting few data points on the process. The third main issue was the capital investment, probably for replicability of the project. Because in the future, we think if some companies want to replicate the approach, the investment about new injector and new hardware would be quite important. And sometimes it uh, could be complicated to find the right economics uh, for, for it, let's say, because it's not always the energy. Now it, it became very important, but in the past, energy was not the core 
business of this company. So a company makes steel, cement, they just use energy sources to, to produce something. But now it's becoming even more important. So the world has changed during the three years of the project. Would you say that also regulations can be an issue uh, for a project and specifically for retrofit? Uh, and I'm speaking uh, about EU regulations and local uh, uh, rules and regulations. Be- and I say that because they might be different from country to country, even within the union. And that sometimes, as I've heard from other projects, can be of an, uh, an issue of a kind. How do you tackle this? So luckily, digital solutions are borderless, so we could develop them uh, in in Italy and apply them like uh, all over all over the places. But for the other type of application, we saw some difficulties. Uh, I'm doing it, for instance, uh, the we wanted to use waste as a bio-based feedstock and each country has its own laws and regulation about the use and the treatment of waste. So we had to, we couldn't, for instance, import, export waste from Spain to Italy for testing. That was like a, a main issue. And uh, sometimes uh, uh, laws, national laws, they prevent the import export of some materials. So we couldn't really think about that material as a solution for our industry. So we had to rely on local uh, feedstock uh, solution which uh, are very useful, but sometimes are not enough to cover an, an entire industrial process. So that was one of the issues that we find in regulation. So having like a EU waste uh, policy, or uh, in this case, could could have could help a lot the industries in the future if we really want to build a circular economy uh, type of uh, system. Pan-European, let's say, uh, regulation, which brings me to my, my last question, actually. Uh, which is how can the EU Commission and local authorities help Retrofeed and projects uh, like Retrofeed uh, achieve its goals? So, as I said in the previous answer, I think uh, having a standard, trying to standardize a lot the regulation in the future, it's the key for even for the EU integration. I'm not, I don't want to go into ethical or uh, like political type of thing, but I think we need to standardize a lot if we want to have European solutions. Then the EU, I think, uh, in this type of project should, could help a lot for the replication of these studies, maybe providing some, some financing. Maybe there are industrial partners that they are looking into solutions like the one that we develop, but they don't have, they don't know how to invest or to find the, the, the money to do that. Maybe the EU could help a little bit in the replication of this type of solution, incentivize the development of uh, Patents and other things, because sometimes the, if you don't, if we find a very good solution and it's not included in the initial budget, it's like it could be a problem for the companies to patent uh, the technology developed within the project, which could be very helpful. And uh, sometimes I find like reducing a little bit bureaucracy in this type of project and the way you try to find a solution could help in uh, speed up and find even more innovative solution. Let's say. Okay, let's hope that uh, they will uh, listen to this podcast and they will do something about it. Luca, thank you very much for this uh, very interesting conversation. Thank you, Areti, and uh, thank you, Lick, for uh, uh, giving us the possibility to describe the Retrofit project. You've been listening to the EU Project Zone podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and the Enlit Europe website. 
Just hit subscribe and you can access our other episodes too. I am Areti Daradimu, host of this podcast series, and I thank you for joining us. <laughs>